It is September 10th, 2019. This is episode 12 of Richard Tale Talk. I am your host, David Newton. And today we're going to have a preview for the Home Street Bank Bay Fair Regatta. We're going to be talking about which teams are attending, some news and rumors going around the teams, preparing for the race, and what we can expect. So sit back, relax, and welcome to Richard Tale Talk. Well, it's that time of year again. We're going towards fall, and Bayfair is upon us. The teams are traveling now down to San Diego, and I'm really excited because this year I'm going. This is the first time I've been in 12 years. Um, I've been down four times before. I was down in 98, 2002, 2006, and 2007. So I'm really excited to go back down there. It's such a wonderful venue uh, for a race. There's usually always great weather, uh, beautiful spot. Um, the pits are kind of located in a weird spot because they're um, on the side of turns three and four, but that makes the uh, starting line the other side of the course um, from where the pits are. But it actually makes for some great viewing area. Um, you, you can see really see the boats go down the back stretch, uh, heading straight towards you, which is uh, really exciting. It's a really fun spot to watch. Um, and I've always heard uh, Fiesta Island is which is where the starting line is. It's just a fantastic place to um, see some boats run because they uh, get so close to the uh, the water's edge there. So I might have to go down there uh, and check that out. I've never been to Fiesta Island. Uh, I've always just stayed over by the pits when I've gone down there. So um, looking forward to seeing all that. But with that great viewing area on the backstretch, there's also um, kind of a channel there that uh, creates a wind issue. There's a, a kind of a breeze that goes down there and so it goes it can go uh, against the boats there and it's caused several flips over the years uh, the famous double flip in 88 with the with the circus and the madison um, i know ken's boat flipped there um, in 2002 or 2001 2003 somewhere around there but when i was there um, i actually saw in 98 i saw the lumar go over i think that was more of a rooster tail flip than anything else but um I also saw in 2002 the U100 Greg Hop flips uh, there in front of us. Um, so saw a few flips there. Hopefully it'll be a safe weekend uh, and there won't be any crashes. Um, so that's that's what I'm hoping for. But with the salt water it comes a lot of fast speeds. Um, I believe the fastest qualifying speed ever uh, for H1 Unlimited was held or was on that race course. It was actually 20 years ago. Uh, with the Miss Budweiser and Dave Vilwak, and he qualified at 173.384 miles an hour, and that's just cooking. I, I can't believe <laughs> how fast that is. That would that would be impressive to see a lap of over 170. Um, it's kind of kind of wild to think where qualifying speeds would be if there was more money in the sport and there wasn't as many restrictions. Would would there even be up to 180? That would be pretty wild, but. We'll never know that, but uh, we'll see what kind of speeds we get, get on this year. Um, but I have some, some really fun memories of being down there. Uh, when I was down there in 2002, 2006, 2007, um, I brought my 1.8 scale models, and there used to be a club down there that raced across the street in Little Lagoon. Uh, it was a really narrow, <clears throat> but really long course, and it was on saltwater because it came right in from the bay there, and... 
it was a challenge. It was fun to run on salt water. Um, and I got to experience firsthand um, on a smaller level what boats have to deal with when running salt water. Um, it, was, it was a challenge, but it was fun because you got to see how the boat reacted and, and just drove differently. The boats uh, floated more. They were more buoyant on the water, so it was faster speeds for the models. It was fun to race on. It was different driving on. Boats just seemed to accelerate better and churn better and just perform better, but that also came with some consequences. It was The water down there was pretty warm because it uh, was pretty shallow um, in that bay or in the uh, lagoon. So the water was warmer, and so it was harder to cool down equipment. But the biggest challenge was um, maintaining the hardware in between every run you go out there. The uh, salt water is just brutal on any metal running surface. And after every time you ran the boat, you'd have to bring, uh, we had this little, we had to bring fresh water to rinse it off. And so we had to get um, one of those, our weed killer bins where you pump pump the uh, spray as you could spray it out. So, But we'd fill it with water and we'd spray down the whole boat, spray down all of the uh running hardware, the motor, everything, and then go back with WD-40 and spray it again and make sure all of the metal surfaces didn't corrode because if it did, if it settled just for a few minutes, uh, the salt would uh, corrode in there and it would bind up uh, anything that you had to rotate or move. So uh, the rudder, the the uh, the, um, the shaft, the, the motor, any of that stuff, would it could freeze and lock up on you. And, and it, several people had that issue. Um, there was one time <clears throat> a friend of mine was starting his, trying to start this boat up after the second or third round and it was, it, the motor was frozen because he didn't spray it down uh, right away after his run. And so he had to tear the motor down and, and get all the salt water, salt out and rebuild it. And he missed it he missed around because he didn't do the maintenance on there. So it's, uh, it's hard stuff. Uh, you got to desalt everything. And when I was on, uh, Ken's crew, Ken Muscatel's crew with my father, when he was crew chief, um, I helped out in San Diego with desalting the boat. And they had a hose from a pipeline, so you, as soon as the boat was on the sling and it was in the air, you were hosing down the bottom of the hull trying to get any of uh, the, the salt off the boat, but mainly the uh, the strut and the, the rudder and the prop and the skid fin and just trying to get all the salt off that you could so nothing could corrode. And then you'd have to go back and once it's on the trailer, take, pop off some hatches, uh, get the WD-40 out and spray anything you could um, just to make sure nothing could corrode and uh, freeze up from that salt. So it's it's a big deal running down salt salt water. Uh, a lot of people don't understand the uh, challenge it is from going on, on fresh water to salt water. You have to take many more things into consideration. Um <laughs> also a fun memory I had, I think it was 2006, my dad and I both raced uh, in that lagoon area. Uh, it was on testing day. We we're trying to get his boat ready, and he's having some issues, and we brought it back to the, our camp, and we're working on something, and all of a sudden, smoke started coming out of the radio box, and um, some water got into there, some salt water got into the radio box, and it got to one of the servos, and there was still power from the, uh, the radio battery, and it uh, it caused an electrical fire in his radio box. That was pretty wild. I'd never seen that before. 
Um, it, it went out as soon as we got the power off. But uh, it's all water's no joke. Um, the, the limiteds they have to they go through all that that mess. Uh, keeping the turbines clean, keeping all the, the running hardware clean, getting salt out of everything. So there's there's a lot to do to making those boats work well on the salt water and maintain um, all the equipment. And one last thing about the models, and then I'll stop talking about the models, and we'll start talking about the, the Unlimiteds. But um, I, I did get to run the, down there three times um, in 02, 06, 07. Um, and I was really fortunate to win in 06 and 07. I won both years. Um, the last two times I was able to go down there and race. And um, that was one thing I got to share with my father because he won in the late 80s. Um, he, he brought some boats down. They had a few number of years that some people from the Seattle area would caravan down and, and race down there because it used to have a huge club down there that would race. Um, numbers got down in recent years and I don't believe that they race anymore, which is unfortunate. Uh, but that was, uh, I'm glad I was able to do that when I got that chance, um, partake in that because there's, uh, as you, you get older, you, you never know if things will be still be around. So, so it was fun to be able to partake in that and participate in those races. But I'm looking forward to going down and see the limiteds. So this year, uh, I've tried to reach out to many of the teams and to H1. I never got a, an official count of how many boats would be there and which teams would be there. But um, someone did post on Facebook. I try not to get all my news just from Facebook because of all the, the rumors and gossip that gets spread that way. But it looks like there's an expected field of six hulls, or six teams, um, including the Miss Home Street Banks, um, U7 Spirit of Detroit, U11 Re Reliable Diamond Tools present J&Ds, the U12 Gram Trucking, the U98 Gram Trucking 2, American Dream, and the U1918 Oberto. I reached out to the Jones Racing Team. Um, I never got a response from them. Uh, all signs right now point to that they will not be there in attendance, which is too bad. Uh, it would be fun to see them uh, finish the year off with the field in San Diego. But unfortunately, it sounds like they won't be there. Uh, one team that also will not be there that has been um, an entry for many years now that had missed a race for a while, but it's a bucket list racing. And back a few weeks ago uh, the, on their Facebook feed, they posted that bucket list racing will not be participating at Bayfair this year, although we are one of the invited boats. The contract offered by Payfair is insulting and does not begin to even cover the cost of dealing with the aftermath of a race in saltwater. We are not desperate enough to demean our racing abilities and enthusiasm and support for our sport by accepting such a ridiculous contract. Good luck to those of the H1 fleet who are. So unfortunately, it sounds like bucket list racing is not going to be there. Only six boats. Um, Bucklist is one of those teams that's been exciting to watch this year because they've been continuing to improve their equipment and their team and uh, their speeds. But uh, Kelly Stockland will be down there. He's he's planning to go make the trip at least to be there in person. And there's news that he or rumors that he's going to be meeting with some specialists. Uh, he's going to be meeting with some gear specialists that work on drag racing boats as well as offshore racing boats. Those specialists meet. Uh, specific gears for those for different teams and that's been uh, a weak point for the bucket list racing this year they've improved their speeds but it's come with a price and they've been 
breaking a lot of gears. Their gearboxes have been holding up apparently, but their gears have just been uh, shredding to pieces. So with that extra strain that they've gotten uh, for that extra speed, uh, they can't maintain it with those gears that they're, they're using right now. So Kelly hopes to, to meet with these specialists, figure out some better gears, and uh, have those ready for next year to um, keep on keep on moving forward with his team. Uh, but he has been busy in the shop. I don't see any work being done uh, recently on the boat, but he has been working for some other teams and making some parts. Um, he did uh, release uh, a couple photos. He had a photo for a new skid fin. That's going to be um, used for the GP20 Blown Income Racing Team. Uh, I believe that'll be on uh, their boat for Bayfair. But he he also made a, a new prop for one of the Unlimited teams. He made a new prop for the U11 J&Ds. So hopefully um, that might be a trick up their sleeves that they will be able to use to get some, uh, some faster times down there. Uh, well, I didn't get any updates from the Graham Racing Teams. I... Um, from what I've seen on Facebook, they're ready to go, but um, I don't know if they are had time to make any improvements or adjustments before they, they go. I'm sure they, they have. Hopefully, they'll be uh, ready for the challenge. But with the uh, the Home Street team, they've been busy uh, doing their usual pre San Diego preparations. Um, they have repainted both of their snorkels for their the two boats, for the uh, Home Street and for the Alberto. Mike Hansen, he's painted, painted both to fit both boats. Um, the 2007 boat, so the Alberta boat, got the snorkel that was used on the Home Street last year. And the Home Street will have one of the old Bud snorkels on their boat. So they, that was out in the shop when I visited um, back before Seafair. So they got that uh, all the red off, and they got the uh, Home Street white and blue on it. So it'll be on their Home Street boat for... San Diego, and this last week they're in the process process of mounting the new antennas and the strobes on the snorkels, so it's ready to, to be fitted and and on there for San Diego. But because they have to put the snorkels on, uh, they have the antennas and the strobes have to be moved and have extensions made for them, um, so they would fit. And the U11 team, like I said earlier, they have a new prop from Kelly Stockland, so they're excited to run that. Uh, they've been busy just putting their saltwater systems in, getting everything ready uh, with the regular uh, normal preparations for running on saltwater. Uh, but they're, they service two of their motors, so they're going to have two fresh motors for San Diego. Uh, but they got some damage at Seafair. Uh, the right Swanson took some damage uh, in the final heat, um, I think just from running on the rough water. But they, did, they have it ready to go. The boat's ready. Um, they got the repairs done to the right Swanson. So they're, um, they're looking to, to have a great race down at Bayfair. And the last team, the U7 Spirit of Detroit, nothing too much new with this team except for they have a brand new motor that they got from the old Bud Racing team. Uh, they wanted to run it in CF, at Seafair, but there were some, some issues that had to be fixed before they were able to get it fit into the hull. Um, so they are really hoping to run down to San Diego and get some better lap times uh, with that new motor. So it'll be exciting to see how the teams do fare down there. Only six teams, but hopefully it'll be some close racing and good quality racing and quality over quantity, right? Bayfair, on their website, they released a schedule for the weekend of racing. And it looks as though that there's going to be some, some classes running on Friday and doing some testing and some heat racing. 
but the H1 class and the GPs aren't running until Saturday. So Friday will be a setup day for the GPs and for the Unlimiteds. And unfortunately, we won't get to see them run until Saturday morning. So it's going to be uh, uh, quite a tight weekend uh, because they're going to have uh, H1 will test from 8.50 to 9.50 on Saturday morning. The GPs will test from 9.50 to 10.20, so not even a full hour. And then they're going to have qualifying in the afternoon for GP uh, for H1. Uh, H1 will be qualifying 12.30 to 2. And then an hour later, they'll have their first heat at 3 o'clock. So it says H1 heat 1 at 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock. And then their second heat will be at 4.15. And on the on what I find interesting on the schedule is they just have H1 heat 1 and H1 heat 2. They don't have heat 1A and 1B. So I'm not sure if they're going to be running them all to get all six boats together for each round. Or if they'll be separating them into two heats for each round. So we'll find out this weekend. And then on Sunday, they have a short test session in the morning for H1. And then they go straight into uh, racing at 1030 for the third round of H1. They're going to have a fourth round at 245. And then at 410, the final heat. So just two days of racing. There's not going to be any um, running for H1 or GPs on Friday, which is unfortunate. But maybe, or hopefully with this condensed schedule for two days, it'll be better for the fans down there with only six boats to um, be in attendance. Well, before we go into talking about this year's qualifying, I want to talk about last year and do a little review on what we saw uh, for qualifying at Bayfair. And last year there were six boats there. We had the Home Street Bank, uh, U1. The U9 Jones Racing Team was there. U21 Go Faster and Left Racing. 440 Bucket List Racing. U11 uh, J&Ds. And the U99.9 uh, Miss Rock. Now, we have six boats again this year. The uh, Jones Racing, the Go Fast, Turn Left Racing, and the Bucket List Racing will not be there. Uh, last year... Uh, the U99.9 Leland Unlimited was there. It's going to be there again this year, but under a new owner and uh, name uh, with the Graham, Graham Trucking Racing, with the Graham Trucking 2. Uh, but in, in place of those other three boats will be the Spirit of Detroit, the uh, Graham Trucking, and the Oberto. But looking at last year's speeds, the Home Street got top qualifier at 159.679, and the next fastest was the Delta Real Track. Jones Racing at 157.7. This year, I don't see anything different for the top qualifier position. Uh, Home Street has the newest boat. Uh, they've been getting top qualifier all season long. I predict that they'll get it here at Bayfair as well. And uh, it would be fun to see them get over 160 mark. Uh, that would be fun to see that, that happen again in, in San Diego, and I think it will. But the real story will be who will get second place in qualifying and it could be up to a few different teams. I could see the Graham Trucking, the U11, the Alberto, and the Spirit of Detroit all being in there to get that second position. But I think the U11 is going to continue to improve and show more and more speed. And I think they're going to get second qualifier. And I think they'll be just above the Alberto and the Graham. And so I think the boats number two through four will be pretty close in time uh, as speed goes. But the U11 will get second place. At least that's what I think is going to happen, but we'll see what will happen Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon with qualifying. And uh, it'll be fun to watch.
Now, as far as the race went last year, the final heat didn't go as well for the home street as they as they intended it to. They didn't start. Uh, only three boats finished. Uh, but Andrew Tate, he won the race uh, with a speed of 143.605. And uh, in second place went to the Bucket List Racing Team. That, that was their best finish they've had in their history. And then third place was Brian Perkins and the Go Fast Turn Left Racing Team. Well, those those boats won't be there this year. Um, numbers one through three, so the podium finishers will all be different teams this year. So it'll be a different winner. It's going to be a fun fun race to watch, even though there's only six boats in attendance. There's a lot of uh, talent uh, in the driver's seats, and there's a lot of uh, parity with the different teams. Uh, Home Street does have a bit of an advantage, but I think. It'll be a good race on the water, but I think it's gonna be a great race on the water, and they're gonna show um, they're gonna have some really close heats. I think it's gonna be uh, a barn burner final heat. It's gonna be the last race of the year, so a lot of teams are gonna just let it fly out and and go for broke, so to speak. I want to say there's gonna be a different winner uh, at San Diego than Home Street, but I still am gonna give the edge to the Home Street. I think it'll be a close race. I think a few teams. Um, are going to push uh, Jimmy Jimmy Shane really hard. I think J. Michael Kelly in the Graham Trucking is going to put up a big fight, as well as Jamie Nielsen in the U11. Ian the Alberto with Jeff Bernard. They're going to they're going to duke it out in the final heat. So it's anyone's game for for second and third place. But I, I got to give the top spot to Jimmy Shane in the home street. They're going to take uh, the victory away, and they're going to conclude uh, the f- the final race of the year with a victory. And I also predict that the final heat. Is going to be called much tighter, and they're not. There's not going to be any controversy for the final heat. So it's going to be um, a clearly uh, exchanged uh, winner uh, for and win for Jimmy Shane and the Home Street Racing team. Now, one last thing I want to talk about um, for San Diego is the points race. Uh, Jimmy Shane and the Miss Madison Home Street Bank Racing Organization have a, have a large lead in the point standings. They have. 1,443 points over the Graham Trucking Racing Team and J. Michael Kelly. So they don't need much to, to, to clinch the driver championship and the boat championship. Um, they only need 558 points uh, to sc- scored to win this. So that means if J. Michael Kelly was to have a perfect day, win every single heat, all that the Miss Madison team, all that the Home Street Bank team would need to do is win one heat and get a fourth place finish, and then they get they claim the national championship for 2019. So they don't need that much to do it. They should be able to do that within two rounds easily. They get two second place finishes, or like I said, a first and a fourth place finish. It's theirs. So I'd like for that to happen on Saturday of, of Bayfair that they clinch the national championship. Because even if they won a heat and they raced J. Michael Kelly, Jim Kelly would even have even less points, so they could potentially even get have this done in the first round of racing. It's fun to see a different team win from last year. It was nice to see Andrew Tate and Jones Racing team win, but now it's going to be uh, the new champions of Home Street Bank Racing and Jim, Jimmy Shane, what I predict right here. But we'll see what happens this weekend. You never know. Strange things have happened. That is a large deficit for Jim Kelly to have uh, to come back from and get Jam- Graham Trucking Racing. But that's part of racing. You never know what happens until the checker flag flies. All right, but that's all I got for you for this week. It's a shorter episode, but want to talk about San Diego. I hope you enjoyed our episode. It's our 12th episode and the preview of the Home Street Bank Bayfair Regatta. I'm really looking forward to going down there. 
uh, and talking with a few people at San Diego. I hope to get some great interviews for you, get some great news um, for weeks to come. But don't forget to check back next Tuesday as we'll have a new episode released on September 17th at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates and Hydra news, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Richetail Talk is now online with our website, www.richetailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydra news, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. But if you're really enjoying the Richelle Talk and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through our PayPal on our website under the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races. Aww.